All things automotive with the petrol head, Nikul Smith. It's 8.31. Now, before we even get to our petrol head, Nico, you know, you guys are very, very funny the way you respond. Donald sends me a message now saying, Good morning and Michelle and the team. I'm glad I always get it right. Please send me the clip where Michelle announces that I get it right. (laughs) (laughs) Donald, um, it's difficult for us to pull that clip just out like that. But, you know, maybe, maybe I can say it again. And then what you can do is you can record it while I say it. What about that, Nico? That sounds like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> I think Donald just wants to play that over and over. Okay, so Donald, this is what we'll do. We're going to wait until just before 9 o'clock. And then just before 9 o'clock, I will say pretty much, and maybe we can expand on it as well, okay. Nico. Just let's really make it like something flourishing and okay. wonderful. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll do it. So, so Donald, get ready to record the clip of where we say... Donald, and so on and so on and so on. So, as I mentioned earlier, Nico, our petrol head in studio, lovely to have him in studio. Don't forget, if you want to start sending those questions in, you can WhatsApp us those questions, 0614-104-107, 0614-104-107. You can also call us on 011-714-2006, and you'll get Nico right on the line. He will be here in studio answering your question. Or you can SMS us with SMS rates applying 41391. And uh, those rates are, as I said, about 1 Rand 50 per rate. So the question I asked you was... Did Nico bring petrol? No, (laughs) I didn't ask that. Did Nico bring coffee? What do you think? Did he bring coffee? Well, yes, he did. I, I was going to like go, whoa! We can actually... There you go, some applause. Some applause to Nico. I'm so glad I did. <laughs> <laughs> I had to wait longer for the coffee shop to open, um, but it was worth it. Now I realize. I, I was really between, oh, I'm going to be late for the show. Um, you know what, I'll just wait for the coffee. But, but didn't you also think, you know, if I don't arrive with coffee... It it's, just, it, it's going to be mortifying yeah. because you knew that I would I've set, I've set a president. So I've set a yeah. president so that you guys are so you. And I don't, I'm not here often enough. So I need to spoil you when I do come through because you guys oh. always make me feel special. So I have to return the favor. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we're going to get some questions. We've got a bunch of questions. We can jump here, into them if you want first. Let's start with what you were talking okay. to me about. So, um, this morning, we'll start with, with fuel additives and, and, and things that you can add to your car. Do they actually work? Um, so, in other words, things that might enhance the performance or give you better fuel consumption. Ah. I just want to give a disclaimer that this is my opinion. So, <laughs> so <laughs> let's start so like that. Gonna, you're not going to put it in writing? Oh, yeah, well, this is a radio show. I'm going to put it in wording. Uh, this is <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, so uh, the thing is, uh, it, I, I would start off by saying this: there are different types of systems. So there's systems that clean your fuel. There's systems that clean your injectors. There's systems that, uh, well, not systems. Let's go again. Additives that can clean your fuel system. Additives that they say um, can add more fuel or more range rather to your car. And cooling system additives that might actually help with blockages. So we could, I guess, we could start. 
and looking at each of these individually. Um, I would start with, um, it depends on what you're driving. If you've got an old tractor on the farm, it's going to be much more different than when you've got a brand new car with a, uh, a direct fuel injection system and a diesel and a petrol particulate filter or diesel or pet petrol particulate filter. So um, I um, would say, especially on a newer car, the tolerances are quite high and the way these cars work, um, the, you know, they, they give great power for the, the, the size of the engine and, and good performance mm. and good fuel consumption. So if you, um, I was talking to Brian, so Brian's the guy I always chat with when, you know, the, the technical side and he's pretty good at that, um, Brian Smith. And Brian said, listen, he remembers when he was at school, they used to have 50s and put mothballs in the 50 to high, to Really? Yeah, and the, and the fuel. And Those that, little mothballs? Exactly. Because of, it, what are they made of again? I don't know. Um, some some stuff. Yeah. So um, when you put that in the in the fuel tank, it actually lifted the octane. So the fifties were a bit quicker. But the thing is, when you take a car, if you have an octane booster. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you have an octane booster, what the octane booster would do is um, that could actually then make your engine ping. So if you have a newer engine, to lift the octane in the fuel, so adding something to the fuel that gives you more power could actually be, um, uh, in the long run, not good for the engine when you do that. So I wouldn't, uh, I would stick with the recommended fuel to the car. So don't put mothballs in your no, Well, definitely not mothballs <laughs> and anything else that lifts, because you can get an octane booster, but that might actually, as I said, make the engine ping, so that might damage the engine. Um, then with diesel engines you can um, sometimes people put stuff in um, diesel engines in the tanks as well and again with newer cars what happens is um, you could take some of the lubrication away in the system so when you do that um, um, you also need lubrication um, the diesel also has that's why we have the 10 ppm there's some lubrication factor in that as well and older cars uh, even more so so that could also then damage the engine um, again if you just look at a newer engine so if you look at a new technology engine they most cars now have a TDI you've heard of a TDI mm. turbo direct injection so they rely on high pressure to inject the fuel directly into the combustion chamber something like 2000 bar which is extremely high now if your fuel is dirty what happens is if you've add, let's say you've added an additive to your diesel what could happen is that's that additive um, could clog the, the the injectors and that would mean that you have problems suddenly when the injectors are clogged so because you're working at high pressure in a small little hole where you're squeezing the diesel through at high pressure that could be not a good idea as well then you have things that might clean the system they say well this cleans your 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 whole system because it mm. might be dirty again if we take a new engine where is that dirty stuff going so let's imagine that it does clean it in the engine and now um, it, it, it goes through the fuel system it goes through that cycle where it now goes out the exhaust you now have a diesel particulate filter and a catalytic converter that can now be damaged with all that stuff all that Guck, additive. all that additive that's now going through your exhaust system yeah um so um my feeling is that if it's not recommended by the manufacturer you should be careful so if the manufacturer let's say honda says honda not not the guy where you are servicing this you know the, the technician mm. at honda necessarily but honda the manufacturer says you know what add this to the car um, and you'll get better performance i know that subaru uh, a few years ago if i remember correctly um actually had an octane boost in the fuel because their cars could run on a higher octane in the reef so they said you can add this octane booster to the fuel and you get better performance but if the manufacturer doesn't say 
add this. I'd be a little bit careful. I mean, why doesn't it work? So why don't they recommend it? Um, so uh, also, if it's from a reputable company, then I would say maybe I would consider the additive. But um, the car's already made quite well. Um, and and you're not if you've got a V8, you're not going to put something in the tank and suddenly have a V6. So the size of the engine, you can, that's the fuel consumption you're going to have. Um, your best controller of your fuel consumption. Or if consu- you've got a V6, you, you're not going to have a V8. Or, or a V4. Or a, or a yeah. v- what I'm saying is that's the size of the engine. By putting something in the tank, you're not going to get the fuel consumption of a smaller engine. If your engine oh. is a two-liter, you're going to get fuel consumption of the two-liter. Your best control is your right foot. So your accelerator is the best control of fuel consumption. Adding something in there isn't necessarily going to make it, especially sometimes they have claims of 20% better fuel consumption. I'm not so sure of that. Before at one stage, there were little magnets apparently that you put next to the fuel line. If the car manufacturers, if it was that good, they would put those magnets into the fuel themselves. Or, or themselves. Yeah. And then the last one with this as well, if the fuel company does it, let's say Sassel says, you know, put this additive in our diesel. Then they would put it in the diesel. Yeah. They, anyway, they're adding their own stuff, their own little yeah. Sassel mix to this. But if the fuel company doesn't recommend it or doesn't say, let's do this, or the car company, then I would be a bit wary of doing it mm. myself. If you, let's say your engine is dirty and you need, it needs a proper a flush rather than a mechanic do it so that the oil can be flushed out also remember sometimes some of those additives are going to leak past the cylinders into the oil and it might also corrupt the oil so the oil that lubricates the engine is not going to work as well in the long run so if it needs a flush then a mechanic should probably do it as opposed to just adding something to the fuel also what is that extra cost of yeah. adding stuff so my feeling is i would service the car when it needs servicing i would fix, fix things when they are looking like when they when they're breaking i'm personally not a fan of adding additives especially the newer cars but again if it's a land cruiser bucky on the farm from the 1980s um then I, I, you know there's not a lot that can go wrong with that land cruiser bucky probably anyway it doesn't need additives so if the manufacturer doesn't recommend it or the fuel company doesn't I would be a bit wary, especially some of these promises. Uh, I personally wouldn't add that to my car. So someone says, um, seeing as we are talking about newer cars, older cars Mm -hmm. and the like, someone says, does fuel consumption increase as cars age? And what petrol consumption can I expect from my 1989 Toyota Corolla (laughs) 1.6? Jeez, 1980. You see those Toyotas, they will go forever. That's it. You can have a 1949 Toyota. Exactly. That's just, um, they, they will keep forever. What my experience is, because um, the best way I can say is experience in my car. And um, my the last two cars I've had, um, because they had a nice trip computer that showed me the fuel consumption, it increased slightly as the car got older, but just a little bit. So they got, it felt like a little bit better when the car got older, but not by a huge amount, not by not even by a liter per hundred kilometers, maybe by 0.5 or something like that. So it felt like the cars, my car is getting a little bit better in fuel consumption as it's getting as it older. Gets older. But not a lot, just a little bit. There's not a significant change. You know, I can suddenly do 100 kilometers further on a tank. It's a small difference because from the start, I watched the car because, you know, I think when things are moving, when things that, are. That's, I have to say that's counterintuitive. You would really? think that as the car mm. got older, it would start to use more petrol. Because it wouldn't be as slick or together. No, you know, when it's new, a car's new, things still have to work together. It's like meeting each other for the first time. Hello, I'm the piston. Hello, I'm the cylinder. As they start (laughs) moving together and things start gelling a little bit better. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, and it's like a marriage. In the longer run, it just gets better, um, I guess. So, um, but also, um, uh, uh, my car gets its services when it needs it. I don't skip a service. When something's wrong, I don't skip that. Mm. And just my experience with my car, um, it got a little bit better, but not a lot. So, again, the car you have and the fuel consumption that car has. So, that Corolla is always going to be in a certain um, in certain parameters with fuel consumption. And that's not really going to change. Okay. So, Someone says mothballs are naphtaline. Okay, oh. so that's what a mothball consists of. It's made of naphtaline, and I am putting that out to you, our listener. Is have you ever heard the story that that people would put mothballs into in their fifties, their motorbikes, the petrol tank of a little fifties uh, motorbike, and. I mean, it just sounds to me bizarre beyond belief. All it just, if, if you're lifting the octane of the fuel, remember, it's a, a car's engine is fuel and air that's mixed and a little and a bang. Mm. And the stronger the bang is, the more power you have. So what you're doing is if you're lifting the octane, you have a stronger bang. That's what it does. But the, 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 the 50, you know, the, the, if I, re, I remember at school when guys at 50s, those things were very rudimentary. They're not high, inject, you know, high technology engines. So with the car today, um, the tolerances are more fine because the cars really work well within those parameters. When you start messing with it, you change things. So, um, yes. I have to say, this, this, could be, this is like a dating show. Hello, I'm the piston. Hi, I'm the cylinder. <laughs> Hi, Would I'm you like cylinder. a bang? <laughs> <laughs> well, the four cycles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, someone says, you talked about uh, the accelerator. Someone's saying, um, why is there a humming noise when I depress the clutch? I had a new clutch and pressure plate fitted recently. And when I engage the reverse gear, there's a grind. Ooh, there's a grinding noise like tight mm. brakes. I also had the brake linings replaced. What do you think is wrong? Okay, well, the the, the noise. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why the the it's um it's got a grinding noise when you go to reverse. I just take it back because if you fix things recently, you would have a warranty whoever's fixed it. Um, so um, yeah, you need to go back to where you've had that done and say, listen, it wasn't like this before. Um, there's a grinding noise and show the person. Um, if you have a problem, it's always easier to try and re- say exactly when it happens when you do exactly what because it's easier for the person to then find the problem to say, you know what? When I start the car and I put the clutch in, I put it in reverse, it makes this noise, or as I start moving. So try and diagnose exactly what happens because it's easier to tell the you know whoever's going to fix the car. But if you just recently had the car fixed, take it back. Don't wait and wait and wait because something obviously isn't being set right. Mm. I don't know exactly what it is. Take it back. So just to note, uh, if uh, you are sending us uh, WhatsApp voice notes, we seem to be having problems with uh, playing of the voice notes. Uh, so if you can just type it out and uh, write it out for us, that's great because a couple of you are sending it in. Someone's saying, if I have a Land Cruiser with a 1HZ, what is HZ? 1HZ? I what think does that mean? I think it's the, 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 the Rand, Land Cruiser variant, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay, if I have a Land Cruiser with a 1HZ engine. Oh, I, oh, it's the type of engine. I think oh. it, but I'm not sure which is the 1HZ. Is it the, 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 um, the 4.2 straight 6 diesel? Um, just help me because I don't actually know which, okay, what so the 1HZ is. Okay, so person is asking, if mm-hmm. I have a Land Cruiser with a 1HZ engine, does that require additives in the diesel? I see the Terrain Tamer products to add into your fuel tank. Is this a good thing? Oh, 4.2 straight, says the 4.2 straight, 6 diesel. I don't know. You know, this is your, this is your Land Cruiser. Um, but you wouldn't do it. 
If it was my Land Cruiser, I've got a, a friend that has got a Land Cruiser like that as well. I think it's from the 90s. And that thing still keeps going. And uh, he doesn't add additives to the car. You know, this gets the, the diesel in there, um, does the regular services. Um, if you've been adding the additives and you haven't had issues, well, then you should keep doing it. Mm. But uh, again, that Land Cruiser, that 4.2 straight 6 um, diesel, there's no turbo there. There's not a lot of things that can go wrong in that thing. It's not like today's engine that are high-performance engines. So um, I necessarily personally wouldn't do it. I know that in certain countries, I've, I've read up a little bit about this when I did some research. Um, you get, if it's very cold, you can get problems with, with diesel. So mm. diesel becomes like soap. In, in, when it's extremely cold, the, the diesel becomes thick. And then the car doesn't start um, because the diesel is thick. So you actually have to warm up the diesel. Um, or, so I, I've read that in countries where it's extremely cold, they have like um, anti-clogging agents almost so that stops the diesel from becoming a gel but because in South Africa it really isn't an issue in Sutherland probably it might be an issue if your car standing outside with yeah, a diesel car what's the car. temperature in Sutherland right it's like there. a minus then, then it might be an issue but most of the time we don't really have issues like that in our cars and again if the manufacturer doesn't recommend you adding that be careful okay John in there hi Nico can you help me with an idea to unopen a seized rear side shaft outer nut which holds the brake drum it's also the drive wheel i own a 52 year ah, 52 year old vw beetle so this is a classic car that johnny wants to you know what is on. that what's that what's it where, where the knowledge goes and then lunch then ends and, and really runs off a cliff and then there's I'd like well, i don't know yeah, i'm on that side of the it's like a, it's bell, a, curve. It's a bell curve it's a bell curve so i'm on this other side of the bell curve and i just fell off the bell curve so i have no idea um, how to fix this I just, I don't know What's everything. Remember, we've realized before now that I don't know everything. Um, so um, okay, we so need to Johnny, make this clear. He's going to take a good hard long look at this question. And no, then he's going to ask change. his friend Brian Smith to see if <laughs> Brian Smith can answer the question. Well, you know, uh, no, just get somebody that has good tools and a good mechanic and just work at it. Okay. Sorry, Johnny. We can't, can't help I, you I, with can't that. can't help. Unopen a seized rear side shaft outer nut, mm. which holds the brake drum and you know, weld something to the nut. If the nut, I would. Yeah, I, listen, I don't know. Let, no, let's just. The drive wheel. Don't know. Um, so Sorry. Keith Dinabantu says it's understandable that it's expected for the f increased fuel consumption when the car gets older because mm. the engine has plenty of vacuum leaks and clogs. Well, again, as I said, I can um, I can only um, talk about the cars I've owned where mm. my fuel consumption has gotten a little bit better um, than when it was new, but but not by a lot. So I also my car is at about as one hundred and sixty three thousand kilometres. So Jeez, really, yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. So, um, um, so um, Isn't it time to get a new one. Yeah, but I need time to get a new job as well, so I can afford <laughs> a car. They're too expensive. So, so, um, and you got how many cars in your car? I'm not saying. Come on, I've given, I've given, I've shown mine. What's yours? Okay, my car's four years old, and I've got thirteen thousand. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just ridiculous. That's just, that's why you don't know if your fuel consumption increases because you haven't driven enough. <laughs> so, walk. I'll yeah, walk I, I, I think it depends on the car and how well how, how well you've looked after. The call. Nico, I want to ask you something uh, before we go to more questions. Mm. And don't forget, guys, if you do want to WhatsApp us and if you'd like to us to phone you back, your number is already on the WhatsApp screen. So we'll call you back uh, if needs be. Um, but otherwise, send it to us as a message or SMS us or give us a call on 714 2006. Um, 
I wanted to ask you, you know, you were talking, we were talking about this idea of fuel consumption and not mm-hmm. putting things into your car, additives into your car. It made me think about the fact that I have a fridge that literally is, it must be about 25 years old and it is still going strong. Oh. But I know for a fact that I have a microwave, for example, that isn't going to last more than two years. Mm. It's new and it's not going to last more than two years. And it feels to me that the cars are similar, that basically you... Well, talking about the fridge, in my, in my parents' garage, there's one f- uh, fridge that my grandparents had, um, and it's possibly from the 60s or 70s, mm. and that's still going strong. And the ones in their house that were newer than that one are now not working as well as they should. So maybe just fridges, the old ones were unbelievable. I think with cars as well... Things are made to break. I'm not sure if they're made to break, because um, you can have examples of people that drive cars for a long time, um, and I don't know, let's say how many cars in, from the 1980s are around? Not that many, or from the 90s less, so um, I, I, yeah, it's a difficult one to answer, to be honest. I, I go back to the thing always where I believe that if you service the car regularly, and you fix things that break, the, and you have mechanical sympathy, the car should last you longer than when you just leave things that break or don't service the car. Now, I know sometimes things are very expensive to fix, and it starts becoming difficult. But uh, there's examples of people with cars with 300,000 kilometers, 500,000 kilometers that keep on going. So I don't know if the newer cars, I'm not sure if they're designed to break. Um, that I I can't tell you. You would so never say it's a that difficult, anyway. No, it's a difficult one to sector. answer, to be honest. It's kind of, no, it's difficult okay, for me. Okay, so someone says, you know. <laughs> I know, that's not good. Jo- no, jo- <laughs> that's not good. No, it's good. Joe's uh, in the Val. Yeah. Joe says, um, Nico is such a genius. If he doesn't know something, he just says, I don't know. And most people struggle with that. I absolutely agree with Joe. It's true. You just don't know, then fine. I don't know. Yeah, Moving but on, the problem is it's a, it's, a motoring, it's a motoring segment, so I'm supposed to know. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> In fact, a caller from Kronstadt says, Nico makes learning about cars fun without making me look or sound stupid. Thanks for the great segment. Oh, Tukola, I have to agree Thank as well. You. I mean, I know nothing about cars, I, probably because I never drive mine because I walk. <laughs> that, that's the best. That's the best. <laughs> I think that's the best. But that's why you've got thirteen thousand k's on it. I know. Mm. So okay. So Nico, mm. um, additives, no. Yes. Well, in my opinion, on, on newer cars, no. Yeah, on newer cars, but potentially, if if you if you, like one of our guys just said, um, oh, someone says so. This car, this is um, Johnny Nair. Mm-hmm. Johnny Nair owns a fifty-two-year-old VW Beetle, and he mm. says the car still runs daily, and has. 565,000 oh. kilometers on the clock with an engine unopened. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, I guess it... 565, it, yeah. that's like, yeah. that's close on a million kilometers. Well, it's half. <laughs> close on, <laughs> it's a bit more. <laughs> Math isn't your thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I can't be the one that's always taken out. It has to be. It has to go both ways. Yeah, so <laughs> it's almost a million. So uh, <laughs> it's half 
<laughs> so I guess if you if you go back to that, so maybe there is something in that when you said you know older cars lasted longer yes. because there's less things that can go wrong. So um, if you have an engine that doesn't have a lot of moving parts, I guess there's less things that can go wrong. If you have um, more moving parts and high pressure fuel injection systems, um, then possibly in theory more things can go wrong so maybe there is something to it i don't know so lucky in pretoria east and i'm wondering if this is lucky remember from our um uh guess the answer thing the, the comp at the award P- possibly the lucky 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 oh one. yes yes lucky, oh, was yes. that you i can't recall but if it was you how brilliant um lucky says the reason why microwaves don't last that much is because they have many moving parts which results in wear and tear ah. unlike a fridge and Lucky says, unlike you, <laughs> but moving parts. You, he says the same applies to cars. Uh, well, there you go. So, in other words, what I more moving parts. Yeah, I mean, it's like humans. My moving parts definitely get older in the morning when it's cold, and I get up my feel my knees. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, <laughs> your moving parts. <laughs> okay, Naran says, um, I believe that um, load shedding has a lot to do with the breakdown of our modern appliances. Mm. And also, older fridges use compressors as opposed to the modern technology in new fridges. So if we have to take that metaphor forward and start to look at cars, um, how do we look at the difference between a car, well, an old car, and, and the moving parts? The thing is, like anything that's old, um, it, eventually st- things are going to need to be replaced. So if the car is older, uh, like my, well, no, I'm trying try not to replace them, keep them as long as I can. Um, but any moving part has wear and tear. So mm. certain parts, like clutches, eventually will go. Um, so that it, it gets mm. to the time when you have to replace the clutch, and sometimes an alternator goes, and that has to be replaced. But um, I, I, I can, I can understand the theory saying, listen, if there's less moving parts, um, there's less things can go, that can go wrong. Mm. And if you keep servicing the car, why shouldn't it last you a million kilometers? So, half but also half <laughs> half of a million. <laughs> um, you know, there's other moving parts as well. Apart from the engine, there's also um, a whole gearbox that's got that's moving. There's drive shafts that are moving. Mm. So there's lots. There's rubbers in the car. Think about this as well. Well, there's rubbers that seal. So uh, like a CV boot is a rubber that stops mm. the, the, the grease from leaking out. So those things also eventually will have wear and tear and they need to be replaced. So anything that gets older as well, you have to realize they have to repl- be replaced. And then also that goes to uh, the more cylinders in a car, um, when you t- then have to replace, the more expensive things yeah. become. So um, if you have to inject, uh, uh, um, let's say, um, pay for eight injectors as opposed to four injectors, it's going to cost you a lot more money as well. I just want to... Um ask you something about you, you talked about the clutch being replaced and i just suddenly mm. remembered someone had asked us uh, actually not even on air off air mm-hmm. about the clutch being replaced is when you get that grinding noise on your clutch is that when your clutch needs to be replaced i'm not sure what the grinding noise is but the clutch can uh, it can feel soft feeling a bit it feels a bit different it feels mm. soft um uh, well one of the things so the clutch you know when you're pressing it pressing pressing it so what the clutch is is you've got very the, precious very precious, precious. <laughs> you've got an engine and you've got a gearbox and then you've basically mm, pushing those things together with what yeah. we call a clutch. So that's a direct connection between the engine. The clutch is something that pushes against the flywheels. In other words, you're connecting engine and gearbox. So when you depress the pedal, you're opening up the mechanism. So you disconnect engine and gearbox. So you can go from first to second. Mm. And when you release the pedal, you engage the mechanism. But over time, that's going to wear. Or if you have a bad driving habit, so let's say you're stopping in a traffic light with a bit of accelerator mm. and the clutch is sort of halfway out and you're riding that clutch, then that clutch isn't fully engaged. In other words, because it's slipping a little bit, it's basically grinding out the clutch slowly. So that's your driving style can um, will determine how long that clutch 
will last. And so be, don't put your foot that's it. So if you, if, ride your yeah, clutch. If you looked at all the clutches, um, they were more hard-wearing, but they didn't have um, good stuff in them. I think they had asbestos in them, if I'm not mistaken. So in other words, they were harder-wearing, but the material they were made of wasn't good for the environment. So now the newer clutches are, 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 are don't like the bad driving habits as much as the older ones. The older ones, you could get away with that for longer. The newer ones, less likely. So if you're riding newer clutches, they might actually be a problem, um, and you might actually wear them out. Okay, so time is running out. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, of course, the irony of you saying that the older clutches lasted longer. It's the exact conversation we've been having about there the fridge go. and the compressor and so much more. But I want to say, Donald, please um, start recording because we're gonna, we've got a couple of minutes and we want to just It's going to be that sure. long for Donald. Well, I don't know. Hey? Uh, Noel has just said, good morning. We're tuning in. And then he sent a beautiful picture of uh, dogs in the mountains, which was really, really oh, lovely. Oh, wow. Someone suggests that the problem with the guy with his VW Beetle is do a search on YouTube. So uh, he suggests ah. that the search on YouTube could be rear axle nut drum removal. Rear axle nut drum removal. He says YouTube is really useful mm. and resourceful for these things. So um, yes, uh, I would. Yeah, I actually Johnny Nair, That's what you need to look up. Look it mm. up on YouTube. Maybe Nico, you can go. And Maybe I should have suggested that from the start, but that is a good idea. I've no, I've, I've had a look at you. You're ama- It's amazing what you can find on it. <laughs> yeah, so don't listen to me. Just just search just <laughs> on do YouTube. A YouTube yeah. Maybe uh, you can go and look up rear axle no. drum nut, whatever it is, axle nut drum removal, and check mm. it out. So someone else says. <laughs> I hate it when you start laughing first because I can't really see the question, <laughs> so that always so, worries so, me a little bit. So someone, this? <laughs> this is someone who says that Dave yeah? says that at the mileage that Michelle is driving at, I have another 170 years of driving to go to get to 550,000 oh, brilliant. kilometers. Brilliant. <laughs> and then someone from Verulim and KwaZulu-Natal saying, hey, I just wanted to say I really enjoy listening to the program every Saturday morning. I'm not a car expert, but it's very interesting. Well done. Thank I have you. to say it's fascinating. Okay, we've literally got 30 seconds. So, yes. Donald, are you recording? So, it's Donald in Rustenburg. So, let's start. You know, Donald in Rustenburg's amazing. He often gets it so right when it comes to the short left guess the destination. This guy rocks. He's amazing. You know, he really is wrong. He, if, he, if you need to know where to go, ask Donald because he knows where to go. He knows where to go. Donald, he almost always gets it right. Nine o'clock, time for the news.